What's the number one issue you run into with your clients that are jamming up men right now? I would say they are just most people in the, especially in the United States, they are, they have metabolic syndrome. They are insulin resistant. And when you are insulin resistant, your body can't properly create energy from glucose and fat. This is the thing that people confuse is that, oh, I'm diabetic. I can't properly use glucose. So you want to eliminate glucose to improve your insulin sensitivity. But the fact is actually that you, people that are metabolic, have metabolic syndrome can't actually properly utilize fat as well. So they just have a dysfunctional metab- speak, <laughs> metabolism in general. So they can't make proper energy from glucose, fat, and then they have to use protein in the mix as well. And that's becoming a mess because you don't want to use protein as a fuel. You want to use either glucose or fat or both. You can use both. Whereas some people's a little bit woo-woo about your hash. You either use one or the other, but your body's very good at using both. The biggest reason is that people are insulin resistant. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question. This podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to my Fallible Nation. You guys make things like this possible and a warm welcome to our first time listeners. My name is Brent, and today my special guest is Hans Amato, podcaster, coach, biohacker, and fitness junkie. Hans, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm excited. This is almost a part two for us. I made an appearance on your podcast, and that was a whole lot of fun. I'm very excited about that. You guys can find that on his YouTube channel as well as on mine. I have it favorited over there. But Hans, I don't do like big introductions because we get to research each other a little before a show and I can read accolades all day long, but that doesn't really communicate to people who you are. So in your own words, now, right now, today, who is Hans Amato? I am a male. I was born in 1992 that around the year 2015 became obsessed with just male optimization in general. No, I think it's sorry. That was earlier before that. 2015 is where things actually start to click more, but I really started obsessing about, let's say about 2013, 14, just researching it, especially once I had my low testosterone phase, things weren't good. I had to find solutions, researching it. I do have a bachelor's degree that I got from the university of the Northwest here in South Africa, but it felt like going to school and studying wasn't giving me the solutions that I needed. So you have to go into the research yourself researching, finding what really works, what is your specific problem, addressing that. And when I started coming across like testosterone research, I was like, okay, so it helps me build muscle. It helps with confidence. It just improves your sexual function. Everything that I think a man would want, at least the young male that I was at the time, I was like, sign me up. So I started researching it like crazy. And it's just been years and years of experimentation, fixing the diet, optimizing lifestyle, just trying to optimize every aspect of life. And then obviously integrating the passion of lifting with testosterone optimization. And then now it's more, I wouldn't say now, it has been all along the way, but more so in the background, also longevity optimization. Because I don't want to do anything in the short run that is going to negatively affect my longevity. So I think a lot of people would associate, okay, bodybuilders, they are doing things that they're eating a certain way, lifting a certain way, 
to gain a certain kind of performance, but then they're shooting themselves in the foot in the long run because they're not optimizing their longevity. So I'm always trying to focus on how can I get the optimize myself, muscle growth, testosterone, just everything that's going to enhance the, in, the richness of my life. And then also live a long and healthy life. It's not for me necessarily health span. I don't care about living to 160. It's more to me that the health span that I get, like how healthy am I in the years that I do have? And that's kind of what I want to optimize. And that's what I have been optimizing, helping men for many years, creating content about this specifically for a long time now as well. Okay. Hans, how old are you now? Can I ask? I am 29, almost 30 at the end of this year. Okay. Okay. Are you married? I am married for seven years. Congratulations. Thank you. Kids yet or no? Yes, we have a young boy. He's about eight months now. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. It's such an exciting time in life. Yeah, it was definitely something new. You're so used to living the solo life and then someone else popping into your life. And I guess there's still some kind of instincts naturally mm -hmm. as a parent that you like, it is new, but in a way you still I, 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 difficult to phrase this <laughs> know how to what you want you need to do with the child i guess yeah there's definitely some instinctual to it for most women men and women have just enough instinctual drive to take care of the child to get them started and make sure the child survives at first while we're learning the rest of the curve because yeah i've got two daughters it's there's a lot to learn as you go so i think nature gave <laughs> us just enough to make sure the kids survived us going oh Wow. Okay. I got to get on my A game and learn something here. Yeah. So I'm definitely excited about the future, spending time together and helping him really become a great male in the process as well. It should be very exciting. Now you reading your story was interesting because you said you were in, in your lower twenties and you realized like your body was just not functioning optimally and that you were lethargic and were depressed and just you were missing a lot of drive that you associate with lower 20s as a normal thing, right? Yeah. And so that's really what kickstarted this for you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Now that I'm thinking about it, it's so that we often think that it's my personality. Ah, it's just me. It's just my personality. I am timid. I am afraid. I have anxiety. I'm not good with people. I struggle to build muscle. Maybe I'm just someone that's not motivated in life, that's my personality. Because as a young individual, especially if your parents didn't make you aware of this kind of stuff, is that you do think it's just you, but you should not think it's you, it's just your diet and your lifestyle that is shaping you at that time. And you can optimize your diet and lifestyle, it's gonna change how you feel, perceive the world, those kind of stuff. So I was in the hostel eating junk food in the hostel <laughs> what typical you get in a hostel it's like refined food it's processed meat typical stuff that's not good for you under eating getting nutritional deficiencies lots of stress not doing particularly good but not doing particularly bad in school either i'm feeling more like a social outcast at the time and that was kind of like school and then after school it kind of continued a little bit and then we had some financial problems going on so i was again under eating not eating enough nutritional food more stress because now your parents are no longer there for you. Now you have to make your own living, financial stress, and then so much stress leading to this. It sounds messy, doesn't it? So it creates a lot of those negative, low testosterone symptoms. So that was kind of like what happened in my case. I think it's not that uncommon 
that people are under eating too much processed food. They're not getting enough nutrients and they end up with low levels of testosterone. And I think it's just them. I think it's their personality as the way they are, but it's not that way. And then, as I mentioned, researching all of this stuff and then getting more money, getting the right food, getting the right lifestyle, minimizing stress has just completely reshaped everything where you now have your confidence. Now you have the energy, the motivation, the drive. So for me, the biggest things where I felt like I was not man enough was that I felt timid. I felt, as I mentioned, the social outcast. I felt, why would anyone listen to me? <laughs> I was too afraid to speak my mind. I couldn't really start conversation with other people. Like I, I wanted to, but you feel so squ- scared. That's kind of like the way I felt. Mm-hmm. And just optimizing testosterone has like completely got rid of that. So it's, I have to say, it's not just about this optimizing testosterone, but it's also about reading books about self-development. But with that being said, you can read all the books that you want, but if you don't change your physiology in, on the inside, you don't increase your testosterone, you're not going to get rid of the anxiety. You can learn how to talk to people, but it doesn't mean it's going to get rid of that anxiety aspect. It's not going to make you feel less timid and less intimidated. So optimizing the testosterone is going to shape your physiology in a way that gets rid of the anxiety, gives you the confidence, improves your sex life, improves your energy to want to go and do things. You need energy to have that drive in life to do things. And uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream? Ooh, homemade. I would say homemade. We don't oh. have good brands here in South Africa. We had a good recipe that we made. We, I think my wife made it. So I don't know how accurate I will be on this recipe. But it's basically <laughs> <laughs> banana, peanut butter, cream, and maybe eggs, just for a little bit of a fluff, fluffness. I think that was the main recipe and it was pretty damn good though. Oh, wow. I ask almost everybody I interview what their favorite ice cream is. No one has ever thought to say, I do homemade ice cream. No one has ever actually said that. That's amazing. Because thinking back, that's, that was my favorite growing up for sure. I love it's it when awesome. my mom would make ice cream. I think I do. I'd have to look at my recipe book. I'll send it to you if I got one. Awesome. I grew up eating a lot of banana ice cream. That's what we made most of the time. It's just banana. Yeah, that's uh, the best. I got an addiction for that, man. It's just, it's, it's one of those childhood memories. It's just, oh, we have Ben and Jerry's here in the US. Do you guys have Ben and Jerry's? I don't think so, no. But okay. I don't eat too many like processed food. So if we do, I'm aware, unaware of that though. They have a flavor called Chunky Monkey and it's banana ice cream, but it's got walnuts and chocolate chunks in it. But that just that banana ice cream aspect of it, like <laughs> hits that deep core memories of growing up eating my mom, my grandmother's ice cream. Yeah. Totally addicted. So Hans, awesome. you have the Men Elite podcast. We mentioned it briefly. Tell us what your podcast is about. It was a little bit all over the place mostly in lifestyle optimization. But I felt since I want to optimize myself, testosterone, that's kind of like my main focus still at the end of the day. Male optimization, that is the foundation of male optimization. So I'm niching down specifically on testosterone optimization and integrating everything else that is also I'm interested in, like building muscle, the longevity aspect, life enjoyment, and I connect with the testosterone. So it's not that life is just about testosterone and androgen optimization is about all of the other stuff, but they are so all integrated. And what I see the most is that people disconnect things. They become too reductionistic. They should just focus on testosterone or just focus on thyroid or just focus on gut health. But it's so reductionistic because everything is so integrated. And that's kind of what I try to teach people, but with the main focus on testosterone. So if you want to make an impact because people know how important testosterone is, 
So if you want to make an impact, that's what I found is that try to integrate everything with a testosterone aspect. And that's when people will listen because they know testosterone is important. Oh, gut health influences testosterone or thyroid influences testosterone. So then they will listen more. So the podcast is testosterone focused, but with every other aspect in mind. So what else influences testosterone? It will be sleep, lifestyle, your mindset, all those kind of stuff. And that's kind of like what I try to help people with. Okay. Can I ask you just offbeat? In, in the US, we have right now a really toxic masculinity culture, right? There's a lot of pushback against everything really male. So talking about testosterone, immediately people are like, hey, you don't need to talk about, do you, is that the same case? Are y'all seeing that in South Africa or is that culturally an American thing right now? I, I definitely think it's very bad in America. I think we do get some vibes from America because of the social media, but it's not nearly as intense, no. Okay. I was just, since you specialize in that, I was curious, do you push back on that? So you said you are digging into focusing on testosterone. My next question, this actually rolls in perfectly because my next question is, you're passionate about helping men maximize their health through diet, exercise, little biohacking. I love that hot term for what you're doing because I, I was like, I thought that was just like getting your life in order, but now biohacking is, is the thing, right? What yeah. is the number one issue? Because I know you do coaching. What's the number one issue you run into with your clients that are jamming up men right now? I would say they are just most people in the, especially in the United States, they are, they have metabolic syndrome. They are insulin resistant. And when you are insulin resistant, your body can't properly create energy from glucose and fat. This is the thing that people confuse is that, oh, I'm diabetic. I can't properly use glucose. So you want to eliminate glucose to improve your insulin sensitivity. But the fact is actually that you, people that are metabolic, have metabolic syndrome can't actually properly utilize fat as well. So they just have a dysfunctional metaba bleh, can't speak. <laughs> metabolism in general. So they can't make proper energy from glucose, fat, and then they have to use protein in the mix as well. And that's becoming a mess because you don't want to use protein as a fuel. You want to use either glucose or fat or both. You can use both. Whereas some people it's a little bit woo-woo about your hash. You either use one or the other, but your body's very good at using both. The biggest reason is that people are insulin resistant because you can't produce energy and steroidogenesis is dependent on proper energy production. And it's not just the production of ATP, but it's a whole flow of energy coming from glucose or fat all the way through the glycolysis or beta oxidation, going into the Krebs cycle, the electron transfer chain, producing energy without a flaw. When you are in a high energy state, that is when your body can optimize testosterone production and androgen, everything else in the body becomes optimized when you are in a higher energy state. So, with that being said, anything that inhibits proper energy metabolism will then lower your testosterone and have a negative effect on almost every aspect of your life. So when you have metabolic syndrome, you're insulin resistant, you have lower levels of energy and that affects your testosterone, your testis, your thyroid, all of your other organs that's supposed to have a regulatory effect that's going to affect that negatively. That's the biggest reason. And then we can always go into why people have metabolic syndrome in the first place. And then it's come back to the diet and lifestyle. Diet and lifestyle is almost always implicated in why people have metabolic syndrome. But I would say if we have to break it down, we can go into simple solutions why people are metabolic, have metabolic resistance in the first place. When it comes to diet, it's because people eat refined foods most of the time. That is diet aspect. It's refined foods, so it's nutritional inadequacies. The macronutrients are a little bit all over the place. And then in terms of lifestyle, they're too sedentary and they stress a lot. I think those are kind of main things. 
I think uh, stress is one of the bigger problems that I've had with controlling my weight. I know is stress and I have a problem sleeping. I always have, and that, that may be very well nutritionally based, but stress, I think is one of the harder things for a lot of us to try and learn to control, to keep from interfering with the way our body should work. But so metabolic syndrome, you read, I read a lot of diet and exercise stuff and, but there's just so much information at this point out there that for a lot of us, right at at the layman level are just going, yeah, but which one is it? It's almost an information overload as opposed to just ignorance at this point, because you're like, yeah, but what's right for me? There's every diet under the sun out there. But before we're going to dig into that portion of it, and guys, Hans knows what he's talking about when he talks about energy. All you got to do is go to his website and we'll be sharing that as well. And you can watch the videos of him doing backflips off the side of his house or off trees. He he lives the talk, guys. This isn't just, hey, I think you should, this is what he does. This is who he is. And he makes that very apparent. We'll have links for his YouTube channel and everything else down in the description in the show notes as well. But Hans is living proof that his thesis, the way he got here works for him. And he's helping other men reach that. But Hans, what, what drives you? What is the why this, right? You have studied and you improved your own life and your own health. Why this mission to help other men? So for me, I remember way back in the day when I was young, I felt like I didn't want it to work. I didn't want to have a normal job. I wanted to be a stuntsman <laughs> because I like to be active. Mm-hmm. I like that adrenaline rushing activities. I'm not like a maniac. There's <laughs> some guys that's really crazy. Fine. I just want to have fun. Lots of, do lots of fun activities. That's what I wanted to do. So now I'm starting my own business and getting myself out of a low testosterone state. Now I can build muscle. I can actually recover because one of the things that if you are active by doing these things, it, it takes a toll on your body. Like you, you do strongman stuff. Your recovery is really important. If you, you can lift all the weights, but if you don't recover, yeah. you're not going to make progress. So recovery is so important. That's why I focus on the longevity aspect as well. That's why I'm like 29. You, you can technically say I'm out of my prime. Like most elite athletes are early 20s. So that's why I feel like I have to focus so much on the longevity aspect. And now that I feel like I have achieved this state where I'm having fun all the time you know you have this dialed in i feel this enthusiasm for life i'm waking up i'm excited i can do the activities that i enjoy i can do the job that i enjoy i can manage my stress because i have all of these tactics but i know i can feel this high energy state i feel great inside of myself i have a great relationship with my wife like all of this that i just love it and then you go in a forum and you hear other people like not having that good life they don't know how to manage their stress. They struggle to sleep. They feel directionless in life. And let me use this analogy. And since we are both in entrepreneurs and you have people helping you, that is so helpful to have other people help you. Is that in something that you're not good at, let's say I'm not really good at marketing content. So I'm good at creating content. I'm not that good at, that's very common for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So now I can go on YouTube and I can, spend hours looking on things I hate. Now you have to figure out how do you write sales pages? How do you create this content? How do you figure out how to use apps? Like technology, all of this stuff can be really frustrating. And it's good to have the skills if you can learn it, but just having an expert tell you, you know what? If you go for consultation, this is what you should do in your business. This is who you should hire. This is the direction you should take. It relieves so much stress 
And I feel like I can help those people be that guide for them to improve their life. So I know what it feels like. And it's just, I don't enjoy seeing people suffering where I, when I feel like the solution is so simple. You can just do this. And I know this is going to make this massive difference in your life because the solutions that I have found is most of the time free. It's simple. It's very easy to implement. It doesn't take a lot of your time to do. And I just want people to enjoy the life as the same I do. Okay. Fair enough. It was an interesting analogy because I actually just closed the deal with a marketing group for my podcast because I stink at marketing. So right there with you, man, I can do content, but like, I have no idea how to market it. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a good cause, man. That's a good cause. So guys, we're getting to know Hans right now and get a feel for him because I want you to connect with him and understand who he is and where he's coming from, because then you can understand why you should listen to him. I try and bring you guys just some of the best people and Hans is definitely in that category, guys. In the second half of the show, we're going to get into maximizing your testosterone, biohacking, and just maximizing your health overall. We're going to roll our sponsors and we'll be right back with more from Hans. I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.com shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise. And all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. All right, guys, we're back and we're here with Hans Amato discussing testosterone, biohacking, and maximizing your health. In the first half of the show, we spent some time getting to know him and we're really going to dig into optimizing your health as a man. Hans, is so focused on this and has a great podcast called Men's Leap Podcast that you can dig into for more after this show. But Hans, I got to ask you as we're getting started in the first half of the show here or the second half of the show is what's one purchase of $100 or less that you made in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? You're asking me to think very deeply. <laughs> I think it might be an upcoming purchase though. So I like, I don't really buy a lot of gadgets and stuff like that. It's difficult. <laughs> I'm trying to think of all of the things that I have bought that is really making a difference for me at the moment. I remember, I think it was about two years ago, the best purchase I made was gymnastic rings. That was, it's so versatile. That was great. Another great purchase that I made was barefoot shoes. That's also been fantastic. <laughs> and then another purchase that I'm going to make now that I think is going to have a really great effect on my training is going to be a specific heart rate monitor because that's going to tell me exactly how long I should be resting and how many sets I should be doing when I'm doing sprints. And that's going to have the best effect. How do you put this? Like the best result that you're going to get for the effort that you're going to put in with a training that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, I don't really buy a lot of stuff, but I think that will be the best purchase this year. Okay. There's a lot of options. Some people with a book. One of my major ones this year is I used to have Thinking Putty because I fidget <laughs> when I talk. I kept bumping my camera 
when I try to record when I'm talking to somebody. It's yeah. like five or six bucks, but man, when if you're a fidgeter like I am, pff, worlds are different. So <laughs> it varies That's with nice. each person, but you never know what's going to resonate with somebody. So one of our yeah. listeners might be like, hey, Harry Monitor is good. I got a friend who bought one. Or someone might go, <laughs> gymnastic rings. I've been thinking about, I've looked at those probably a hundred times. I just don't have a good place to hang them. It's like it's hmm. so it's so let, let me give you a few examples with the gymnastic rings that they're, they're still serving me crazy so when i was building up my gym i didn't have the equipment yet so the literally the first purchase i made was getting the gymnastic rings because you can do pull-ups you can do the dips mm -hmm. on them you can do bicep curls you can do tricep extensions when you're lying down there's a few more that you can do i'm just thinking of a few that i used them for and now i you can use them as a monolift you know what? You, you probably know what a monolift is, right? Yeah, yeah. With the power lifters doing the squat and you don't have to walk out of the rack. So you can use the same thing. You put the bar through the rings and then whatever you're going to do, if it's going to be a squat, if you're going to do military press, you don't have to walk out. Just go on the rings, boom, press. It's very, it's very versatile. It takes up no space. It's awesome. I never would have thought of using it for a monolift. That's, that's an interesting spin on it. Yeah. All right, on. so let's dig into this a little bit. You talk about DHT, and most of us have no idea what that even is or what it stands for. And it seems from just doing research on your site, a number that we should probably pay attention to. What is DHT and what does it do? So DHT is dihydrotestosterone, which is our strongest androgen. It has a longer half-life than testosterone. It binds much stronger to the androgen receptor and stays longer on the androgen receptor. So there's obviously differences between testosterone and DHT. Testosterone being more anabolic. That's why people abuse it. But the side effect is it can convert into estrogen and you can get too much estrogen in the process if you're going to abuse the testosterone. That is usually not a problem when you are natural unless you obviously have too much inflammation that is then stimulating the aromatase to convert testosterone into estrogen. So the enzyme 5-alpha reductase converts testosterone into DHT, and DHT is the most potent, as I mentioned. And typically, you will see, like, why is our DHT important? Just go look at post-finesse right syndrome. This is where people that get hair loss or prostate problems, they go to the doctor prescribes finasteride right, usually. And it inhibits 5-alpha reductase. It doesn't crush it. It inhibits it about, depending on the dose you're using, 50, 60, maybe 70%. So you still have a small amount of DHT. But this is typically when men most commonly start to get sexual dysfunction. They lose sensation in the penis when they have sex. So it's not pleasurable anymore. They start to get erectile dysfunction and ejaculatory problems. So it's more like watery substance when they ejaculate. Sorry for all the detail, but I think it's necessary. Then on the mental aspect is that you start to get more brain fog. You don't feel as androgenic and driven in life anymore. So typically people, they don't experience pleasure and reward. So usually when someone becomes hypogonadal, they feel like life is not as rewarding anymore. So they become more depressed. So if you do a fun activity, let's say you went in your 20s, you went cycling and it was amazing. You're in nature, you're cycling, you're feeling amazing. But now later in life with low testosterone, you could go and do the same activity. You just don't enjoy it as much anymore and you feel more depressed. So most of those benefits from testosterone is actually because of DHT. Because testosterone and more so DHT stimulates the production of dopamine. And we all know dopamine makes you feel, I don't necessarily want to say euphoric, but it gives you that, that enjoyment aspect. It gives you a zest for life. It gives you the motivation and drive and happiness aspect. So that's why... 
a lot of antidepressants actually work via the dopaminergic system, upregulate dopamine and make you feel much better. And also, and it's not just because of dopamine, but finasteride then lowers dopamine because it lowers DHT. And that's why you get a drop in sexual function. You get a drop in libido. You start to feel asexual. Like you're not even aroused by the opposite sex anymore or your partner. So mental aspect declines, sexual aspect declines. You don't get just the physical ED, but you get the mental, the psychogenic ED. So it's like a double whammy. And then on the physical aspect, you can start to lose muscle strength and muscle hardness. So when you look at DHT kind of synthetic derivatives like Anabar or Nastron, bodybuilders usually inject that to become hard and lean. So if you look at Rocky, in one of the Rockies, he was looking very hard and lean, looking amazing. Sorry, there wasn't Rocky. It was, gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. <laughs> Rambo. Rambo's the, <laughs> Rambo's the movie. So he was using some kind of DHT steroid that was making him look that hard and lean. So that's the same thing what happens when you're naturally high in DHT. It makes you look more muscular, more androgenic. You can typically see if someone had a good puberty and their hormones were maximized during that period, they will have a better V-taper. They will have a better beard, good-looking skin. Their skin will look amazing. They look lean and tight. They don't have a lot of water retention. They have just those natural, last time on my podcast, we talked about those natural leaders. So because they tend to be more confident, they can say what they want to say or what they have to say, Mm -hmm. come up for other people. So that's kind of like also the mental aspect. But if you have to summarize it, as some other people also say, like testosterone and DHT, it makes effort feels good. But it's so much more than that. But it can almost be like summarized to that point. So this is a number that all of us should just definitely be taking into consideration and actually like paying attention to in our bodies. How do you test for that? Is like a blood test you go to the doctor or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you just go to the doctor, say, include DHT in the process for me. And I think most people will should have normal levels of DHT if they have normal levels of testosterone, unless they are eating a lot of foods that or using supplements that block the production of DHT. But unfortunately, DHT has been so much vilified because of the prostate and the hair. So everyone's like, okay, but what about hair loss? What about my prostate problems? And studies have shown that there is no correlation between the blood value of your DHT and hair loss or prostate problems, and actually injecting men with very high levels of DHD can actually improve your prostate health and doesn't cause hair loss. And that is because it's the microenvironment in the scalp that promotes hair loss. So it's the tissue levels of, and again, people want to be reductionist, it's the tissue levels of DHD, but it's not, it's inflammation, it's your vasoconstriction, it's fibrosis, calcification, nutritional deficiencies. It's impossible, impossible to say it's DHD. Because if you use something that blocks the production of DHT in the scalp, mm-hmm. it's doing other things as well. So if you use, for example, sopalmetho, that doesn't just block DHT. It does so many other things as well. So all of these natural remedies that people put in the scalp to block DHT, it does many other things as well, like lowering inflammation, improving blood flow, those kind of stuff. Okay. And guys, stick through the science and hear this. It makes your life better. For anybody we lost in the science there, it makes your life better. This is a number you should be paying attention to uh, when you're communicating with your doctor, especially like I'm 42. So I almost cringed when you said you're out of your prime. It's like, oh, that makes me really out of my prime. (laughs) And no one wants to hear that. But yeah, yeah, I'm 42 now. So 
these are discussions that I should be including when I actually see a doctor to monitor my health and my rate. So here's the really one that's going to get people's attention. Testosterone levels in the general populace have actually fallen below that of a 1950s woman at this point. That is like st statistically proven at this point. Modern males under the age of 20 have lower testosterone than a 1950s woman. Just, and a lot of that has to do with the differences in technology and chemicals in the food and production, right? There, there's a lot that goes into that. So this is going to become a very million dollar question. How do we optimize testosterone? I, maybe we should, maybe I can give a few pointers where to start, not to overwhelm the audience. So the first thing that I want to, I always ask people like they come to me, like, I want to optimize my testosterone or I have side effects from finesse. It's like, okay, what does your diet look like? Do you pay any attention to your diet? No. So what do you have for breakfast? I have some wheat mix. Do you think that's a good breakfast? Probably not. So the first thing that I do is, okay, let's optimize the diet aspect. The foundation that I always create is coming from animal foods because you're always getting a balance between the protein, the carbohydrates, and the fats. So fats is a very strong, especially saturated fat. Again, another thing that has been vilified unnecessarily. Saturated fat is positively correlated with testosterone. So technically, the more saturated fat you eat, the higher your testosterone will go because your body uses the saturated fat to create testosterone. Saturated fat increases cholesterol. Cholesterol is then used for the production of testosterone. Okay, let me pause you right there for a second before you get it. Give us an example of saturated fats, okay? Because right, right. I dig into nutrition a lot in my personal life, but not everybody understands how to separate certain things out. So what are a couple examples of foods with high in saturated fats that are healthy for us? Definitely. So all animal foods will have a good amount of saturated fat. And this is a really good point that you brought up because saturated fat is just classified as saturated fat. People think it's just one thing. But there are so many different kinds of fatty acids mm -hmm. in that group of saturated fat with the different kinds of chain links. Meaning every difference in chain length will have a different effect on the body. So your gut produces short chain fatty acids, but it's a saturated fat like butyrate. It's a four, it's a four carbon saturated fat, but it's a saturated fat. It has certain functions. Then we have coconut oil. It contains lauric acid. It's a C14 so 14 carbons. Mm -hmm. Makes a different kind of saturated fat. Then we have palmitic acid and stearic acid, which is predominant in milk and like beef fat. That is the longer chain. And that will all have different effects on the body. So one of the beneficial effects of stearic acid, which is mainly found in beef fat and to a lesser extent in dairy fat, is it fuses mitochondria together, creating bigger kinds of mitochondria. So mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell, so fusing them together, creating bigger ones, potentiate your ability to create energy and burn fat. So it's beneficial fat. Fat help you to burn more fat, specifically when it comes to steric acid. Okay. And also these saturated fat, the longer chain saturated fats are very good for improving the cellular function. So imagine you're building and the three pigs, <laughs> the one building consisting of straw, the other building consisting of concrete. So that's basically what saturated fat is doing. It's creating a very structured, strong building. And it, that optimizes cellular function. And then the saturated fat itself can have hormonal effects. So it's not just benign in the sense, oh, it's a fat that you burn for energy. It can actually have direct effects. And on the flip side, so you have the saturated fat, but now you have the polyunsaturated fats as well. They also have direct effects, but going in the opposite direction. So examples again, okay, so any kind of animal fat, 
will be a good source of saturated fat. Okay. So dairy, beef, eggs, bison. Sorry, eggs being a great source. And then you have some plant sources as well, like coconut is one, and the other one would be cacao butter. Those are kind of like the two exceptions being really high in saturated fat. And the cacao butter also is very rich in steric acid, which is the beneficial saturated fat. And then you also have the animal foods, that's eggs, that has kind of like a one-to-one ratio of polyunsaturated fat to saturated fat. So that, that in itself is not that bad, but you don't want to overconsume the polyunsaturated fat since they can become problematic. But I don't want to make people too neurotic here. So all those polyunsaturated fats can be inflammatory. That is more so the case when a food has been highly refined. So if you go to a restaurant or you eat junk food, they are using something like canola or sunflower or soybean oil. So you have to take about a kilogram of soybean oils, squash together to get one tablespoon of soybean oil. So if they do studies and they give a group of people or animals soybean oil, it is super physiological amount that would do you would not have gotten from eating food because as far as I know, no one is really eating a kilogram of soybean oils. That's a lot of oil. So if you, uh, soy, soybean, soybeans, yeah. So they're not really over-consuming the polyunsaturated fats. So only when you extract that fat and get too much of that in your diet, I think too much of anything can be a problem that will come infl- become inflammatory. So when you look at the whole food source, like eggs, even though it's relatively rich in polyunsaturated fats that can potentially cause inflammation, the yolk is also very rich in compounds that is anti-inflammatory, like a vitamin E that will blunt the inflammation. So I always stick to whole food sources and try not to extract something like polyunsaturated fat that might have the potential to be problematic. So right, we're so starting was, with nutrition, yeah. right? You start with nutrition. Where are you going from there? Optimizing testosterone. So nutrition, yeah, we talked about the saturated fat. Do you need the carbohydrates? You need the protein. And then the animal fats, I mean, the animal foods, is the most important because it provides the micronutrients that is necessary to produce energy. Things like zinc, magnesium, copper, selenium, all of those things that's necessary for the production of testosterone. So that's a diet aspect. It actually, it goes much more in depth. And that's kind of what I'm trying to help people with the content on my website and whatnot. So it's not just about the diet and this is the food you should eat. It's also, again, personalizing it. How does it, how can we make this work for you? You're in a hot country, you're in a cold country, you're old, you're not, you're insulin sensitive, you're not. Like we have to individualize it for each person. So the nutrition aspect can go really in depth. So apart from the nutrition, when it comes to testosterone optimization, the biggest things, as we already talked about, stress, sleep, and sedentary being sedentary can be problematic and sunlight i think those are the four most important things and i think i have to talk about stress for a moment here because i don't think people realize the magnitude of stress right oh yeah because stress for example depletes magnesium very quickly and when you don't have enough magnesium then your energy production drops your testosterone production drops, your DHT is being converted into weaker metabolites, so DHT drops as well. Your cortisol goes up because magnesium is there to buffer the stress. So now with chronic stress, you deplete the magnesium, you don't have enough magnesium to buffer the stress. So cortisol goes up and stay high. All right, so with that being said, let's talk about the different kinds of stress. Any kind of stress, even the hormetic stress is bad, or not bad, it can be bad for you because it can defeat magnesium if it's chronic if you're chronically exposed to it so sleep deprivation sound cold and heat thinking about stressful things i think i mentioned sleep deprivation under eating Mm -hmm. even overeating inflammation 
anything that's going to release cortisol, let me put it this way. If you are stressing, this is going to be a very silly example, but if you're outside in the darkness and you have seen a horror movie and you're like, what if there's a zombie out there? It's creating a little bit of stress for you. And that is a stressor. So you should take in consideration any kind of stress can negatively affect your testosterone. Now, acute stress, like if you are being frightened, that can actually increase testosterone and cortisol. But the longer you are stressed, because you need that certain testosterone to help to protect you against the stressor. But the longer you are stressed, your testosterone is going to go down and cortisol is going to go up. And that's going to change the testosterone to cortisol ratio. So that's what I'm trying to make people aware of. It's not just the numbers. You don't only want to look at your testosterone or DHT. You want to look at the ratios between testosterone and cortisol, testosterone and estrogen, cortisol and DHEA, which are some of the adrenal steroids. Okay. That's so, so, so much to unpack, guys, especially the stress part, right? I work a full-time job. I have two kids. I have my own business and we're doing some major things right now. It just, right, the stress levels are always up there. I think that's part of the way we've engineered society at this point, right? We have this obsession with being busy makes us, we're obviously worth more if we're busy all the time, right? We're obsessed with being busy because that somehow creates value. I'm not sure how that works, but people are in a stress state almost constantly. And it is screwing up your life and your body. All of you who are unhappy about the way you look, and the way you feel, this is probably one of the biggest things that is neglected in your health, your overall health that he's talking about right here. That prolonged stress has such a huge impact on every aspect of your physiology, on your mental health, on your emotional health. So pay attention. This is critical to you starting to get where you want to go. And we're just talking about the physical level right now and how you're feeling and stuff like that. And guys, if you're getting something out of this, I hate this part of the show, do the good social media nonsense. Give us a thumbs up, share us out, give us a review on Apple Podcasts if this is helping you out. It really does help us to continue to do the show and to bring you more guests like this. So blah, blah, blah. Hey, if, oh, by the way, if you leave comments, I do actually reply to all my comments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Good social media nonsense. Okay, let's get back to the real stuff. <laughs> Sorry, man. I hate that aspect of doing this. Now, there are a lot of diets out there. And like I mentioned earlier, it's almost an informational overload at this point, right? There, There's all the good dialers. We all know the names like the paleo diet and the keto diet and the Mediterranean diet. There's all these ups and downs. Is there one that is better overall for men to lean into? And you said we need to personalize it for sure. But is there one that's better for me, men to lean into if they want to start optimizing their hormones? I know it's a I hard question. I don't subscribe to specific diets, okay. which might make it more difficult. And what I'm going to say next might not be really helpful because there's actually a wide range that can be helpful. <laughs> so that might be even more confusing because if you look at the ketogenic diet versus a non-ketogenic diet, it doesn't seem to lower or increase testosterone, the two diets compared. And the same thing for a low-fat diet, but there are certain guidelines, right? So when someone is overweight, the best thing that they can do is to lose weight. And I would say, regardless of how you do it, it's going to be helpful for increasing your testosterone. Obviously, don't fast. Don't go on some kind of crash diet. That's not going to be good. 
but create a small deficit. So maybe cut out sodas, start by something like cutting out something, maybe replacing sugary sodas with like a diet soda. That might be helpful. So you're replacing calories. Instead of going for a fatty a cut of steak, go for a lean cut of steak. Instead of going full fat dairy, go for low fat dairy. So you're replacing and you're cutting calories without really changing much of your diet or changing anything else, you can then start to lose weight. And then we can start to incorporate a little bit of things into your diet that's going to make you more active to lose weight. That's going to have the best effect on your testosterone. As I mentioned earlier, one of the main reasons why people have low testosterone is because of metabolic syndrome or because they're insulin resistant. So being overweight is kind of like one of those biggest risk factors for creating insulin resistance. So getting rid of excess weight is going to make one of the biggest differences. And it doesn't really matter what you eat in the process, but let's talk about the foundation following certain guidelines. That would be eating animal foods. So you have your meat, you have organ meat if you're okay with that. You have some broth, maybe some oysters, some fish. It doesn't have to be salmon. People are so obsessed with the omega. It's really not that important. You could go for lean fish as well. Having some eggs and then some low-fat dairy, yogurt, pork, cottage cheese, whatever. You're establishing the foundation having those animal foods in your diet because it's going to be protein. It's going to be nutrients, vitamins, and minerals. That's going to keep you satiated and that's going to help with the production of energy. That is the best foundation. And then you just track your weight. If you're losing weight too fast, cut back on other things. I mean, add a little bit more food. If you're losing weight too slow, maybe cut back a little bit more. And I don't want to say everyone should be going out and counting their calories because very few people actually want to go and weigh their food and start going on my fitness bowel or chronometer and logging what they're eating. And it's again, a, a massive learning curve. So as long as you can have a good amount of lean protein, and the reason I say lean is because you want, if someone is overweight, they want to lose weight. And that is a good choice if you want to lose weight. So a lean piece of protein with every meal, it's going to provide nutrients, it's going to help with satiety, and that's going to help to increase testosterone. So overweight, losing weight, and again, going into the fat loss aspect, I think we can talk for a long time when it comes to that. I was ranting so long. What was the question again? <laughs> I was going to ask if there was a better diet for optimizing men's hormone levels. However, I think you actually answered that pretty, pretty fairly. In fact, I actually have more respect for you now even than I did because if you had been like, oh, this is the diet, I would have been like, oh, no, there goes that. I've seen, Thanks. right, every diet has its, what are, what are, they're, they're dedicated zealots, right? It's like, oh, keto's the only way. Mediterranean's the only way. I love yeah. the paleo people. It's like, paleo, we're going to go back to our ancestors. No, you're not. You have any idea what your ancestors <laughs> actually ate? Because it wasn't that. They didn't eat at Olive Garden, I promise. But no, I think that makes you incredibly credible that you're like, okay, make small changes, focus on what you know you need to put on your body. So I think that's an incredible answer. I don't think there is a perfect diet. I think there is the diet that you can live with yeah. to achieve your goals. So which you can be consistent with. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. So many people yo-yo diet because they try that. Oh, I'm going to try this diet and they're on it for two to three weeks and they're like, I'm miserable and I hate my life. And they're back yeah. to just scarfing up haagen right? I should say, there is a saying that, and I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it's something along the lines of methods and principles. Like you can follow a diet, but you don't know why you're following it. But if you understand, okay, I want to lose weight. Maybe mm -hmm. I have to create a small deficit. I have to a little bit, like you understand why you do the principles. You can always succeed. 
Okay. Now we're going to touch on supplements a little bit. Do you actually recommend any particular supplements with your clients, with yourself, or are you just trying to get it from Whole Foods? So I, I use very little supplements. And whenever I do use supplements, I basically use it for a week or so. And then I just stop because I don't know. I like, sometimes I do feel the effects of supplements, but I just feel so good without supplements that I'm just like, it's more trouble for me to take the supplement for the little bit of it that I do actually do get. So it all depends on the person's situation. If someone is really high stress all the time, mm -hmm. then by all means get an adaptogen. That is really going to help to blunt the negative effects of stress. And that's going to help to blunt the negative effect of cortisol on testosterone. So let's say you use rhodiola or ashwagandha or tribulus terrestris or cordyceps. They are great adaptogens that is going to blunt the increase in cortisol from stress. And that can actually help to increase your testosterone. So herbs and the stuff that I like is, again, depending on the person. If someone has low testosterone because of inflammation, mm -hmm. let's get the inflammation down. If someone has low testosterone because of a high estrogen, let's use something that's going to block estrogen. If you have low testosterone because of excess prolactin, then use something that's more dopaminergic like mucuna prurians and tribulus terrestris. I really like the combination of tribulus and mucuna because they lower cortisol, increase DHT, lower prolactin, increase dopamine, lots of good stuff with that combo. So again, it depends on why someone has, but I'm really not a fan of using a supplement. I just go like, okay, let's do the diet. Let's do the supplements because I can guarantee you if you, if someone does, puts in the effort to do this with a diet, mm -hmm. you are able to buffer stress better. So if you have, for example, collagen or a bone broth with some carbohydrates, those amino acids are anti-stress. And then when you are stressed, your body upregulate the oxidation of glucose. And if you don't have glucose available to use for stress, mm -hmm. your cortisol will go up to create glucose. So if you can utilize your glucose that you have, that's why you have carbohydrates. Let's say someone was in an accident. They were in a car crash or they, something really stressful happened to them. The first thing that you do is you give them sugar water or sugar and salt. You give them those carbohydrates. And that's going to help them to buffer the stress. So it's very easy to actually handle stress when you have carbohydrates available to use. It's going to like, Carbohydrates are our body's natural way of buffering stress. Now, some people, because they are insulin resistant, they can't properly utilize their glucose. So then giving them something like ashwagandha or tribulus terrestris can then blunt the stress so that they don't get a dysfunction in their proper glucose oxidation. And the kicker here is that if someone is chronically stressed, the cortisol is making them insulin resistant. <laughs> so you want to use carbohydrates can blunt cortisol. This is actually the more carbs you eat, the less cortisol you have. Not in a bad way. It just means that it's a very good adaptogen. But then chronic stress can make that glucose oxidation dysfunctional, depending on the person, so that they can't properly use the carbohydrates and they can't lower the cortisol. But if you have a good diet and you have the meat and the, the carbohydrates and the fats, that's going to blunt it. That's going to be the adaptogen that you actually don't have to use an adaptogen because you'll be able to handle the stress. And let me give you another example. So if you're stressed, they, there's different kinds of people. One person, when they become stressed, actually don't get the increase in cortisol because it's the way you perceive it. If your testosterone and DHT is low and your DHEA is low, you might perceive things as stressor that someone else is not perceiving as a stressor. Stress is always what you perceive it to be. So if you can change the way you see a stressor, just changing your perception can remove that as being a stressor. So instead of seeing it as a stressor, you see it as an opportunity, for example. 
What can I learn out of this? How can I improve myself that next time I can handle the situation better? So obviously that's not always going to be the case, but that's a good way to buffer stress. And the diet is, once you get the mindset right, because this is where I was going. So one person is not going to get an increase in cortisol. Someone else might get a brief spike in cortisol from a stressor. Another person is going to get that spike and it's going to stay elevated for a prolonged period of time. And it might take a couple of hours for it to go back to baseline. So I would say that if you follow the right diet and you eat a diet rich in nutrients like zinc and selenium, calcium, copper, and magnesium, and B vitamins, I'm just saying like all vitamins and minerals are important. But if you eat a diet that's nutrient dense, that's why I'm so focused on the animal foods, you will have the nutrients that can buffer stress. Like one of the supplements is called ZMA. So it's basically zinc, magnesium, vitamin B6. That's great for improving sleep and lowering cortisol. But why do you need that supplement? You need the supplement because you don't get this through your diet. So if you actually just improve your diet, you're going to get the micronutrients that's going to automatically enable you to handle the stress better. So instead of cortisol spiking crazy high and staying elevated for a long period of time, it might not even increase at all because your diet is so nourishing that first of all, your testosterone is high, so it changes your perception. That's not a stressor, but also you have enough micronutrients for it to not to be a stressor because you can buffer that. Because having high levels of testosterone blunt the effect of the increase in cortisol. So again, it's that ratio between testosterone and cortisol that's so important. Okay. Sorry, I had to blink away there for a minute. My allergies are kicked up today really bad. I woke up with a just killer headache. So starting my lights today are really getting my eyes. Now, Hans, I like to give my audience something just actionable that they can move on, that they can listen to this and go, here's a starting ground. So what are three steps that men can take and implement right now after they wrap up the podcast and go, I can do these things you see starting today to move up the needle in the right direction. Diet wise, I would say either add meat or oysters to your diet. So if you can add oysters, add some oysters to your diet, maybe like a can three, three to four times a week. And this is just the initial loading phase. So you can get more of those minerals into your diet. Or if you don't like oysters, just have more red meat because it's so high in zinc. So we always associate men with eating steaks and smoking cigars and drinking whiskey, but meat. <laughs> That's me. All right. So, but meat is actually very rich in those minerals like zinc that is going to enhance testosterone production. That's going to lower access inflammation, lower access estrogen production and enhance the strength of our DHT. So if we don't have enough zinc, DHT gets converted into a weaker metabolite. So just getting more zinc is going to strengthen the effects of DHT. Plus zinc has a lot of other benefits as well, improving insulin sensitivity, helping against anxiety, depression, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that is diet wise. First of all, eat enough calories, improve your insulin sensitivity, eat some more meat. Obviously there's a lot more. Okay. I'm going to, okay. Add one thing is the oysters and the meat. Remove one thing is you have to look at foods that is either bloating you or causing some kind of inflammation. So anything that upsets the gut, is going to mess with your hormones and make you feel suboptimal. So that could be gluten, it could be dairy, depending on the person. It could be starches, it could be some kind of high fermentable food. Let's say you eat onions, you bloat, you don't feel good. Perhaps look at high FODMAP food and see which foods you are sensitive to. So remove something that is causing inflammation in the body, add something that's nutrient dense. So that is diet. And then let's talk about the lifestyle. 
sleep is the most important. It's one of the most important things that you can do to improve your testosterone. But you want to enhance the quality of your sleep. And improving your sleep starts in the morning. So you want to make sure you get out first thing when you wake up. Get sunlight. That's going to help to entrain the circadian rhythm so that you actually are tired at the right time at night. And also, the more sunlight you get, the more your testosterone goes up. People in the summer tend to have more testosterone than people in the winter, and this is not just because of vitamin D. There's a strong skin and almost everything else access. So skin gut access, skin brain access, skin testis access. Get sunlight. It's going to help a lot with a lot of stuff, improve, including sleep quality, increasing your testosterone. So in the morning, this is my routine that I usually do. Get outside sunlight, eat a little bit of food. It could be milk. It could be whatever you want to eat because eating foods help to entrain the circadian rhythm as well. Don't overeat. Don't go crazy. And then... The third is to do some kind of movement. So you can go out for a walk. If you don't have time, maybe do a few kettlebell swings and a few burpees. Do something that you can do in the morning. So those three things is going to help the most to entrain the circadian rhythm that you are tired at the right time. Okay. And then the other tips that I have is basically just built on that morning routine. Try to get more sunlight. Try to be a little bit more active. It's going to help significantly with mood and stress management. So you earlier talked about all of this high stress, you've been working jobs, you're doing this after hours, you have family. Getting sunlight and doing some form of movement sporadically, it's like exercise snacking. It's amazing for helping you to relieve stress and actually improve insulin sensitivity. So if you can go outside, maybe you have a kettlebell, you go outside every hour on the hour, do 10 swings, 20 swings. Like you do your swings, you have a cup of milk maybe, you sit in the sun, you just enjoy the heat, you drink your milk, and that's going to help to relieve stress, get the blood flowing, get your mind off of whatever is bothering you. And the more consistently you can get sunlight and do some form of movement, it's going to have strong antidepressant effects that's going to help to enhance energy and manage stress. I think that's going to be like the main points that I think is going to help people out. All right. Now, you have a program, right, to help me get going on this. And we're going to share your website here, guys. And you can find his website at menelite.com. It's men-elite.com. Now, on your website, how do we find this program? Because this is the easiest place for people to find it. So courses. Courses. But I would just say, like, before we go to courses, so I have the Alpha Energy Mail course. That's kind of like the granddaddy that summarizes everything, how to optimize testosterone. That would be what to eliminate, what to add, the lifestyles, everything that you want to do to optimize testosterone. But that is the granddaddy course. Mm -hmm. What I want to do for your audience is I have a book, the How to Increase Your Testosterone Manual. It's basically the things that we talked about here, a little bit more in detail, so that people have a reference to go after, after okay. have listened to this, like a summary. So everyone can like, don't have to re-listen the podcast just to get everything. So I want to give that book to you, your audience for free. They can use the code that's going to be the quote, not the quote, the coupon. That's going to give them 100% off from the book. That's going to be a good starting. And then they can check me out. If they're interested in my stuff, they can read my website. They can read the book. And then if they really want, then get the granddaddy if they're serious. But I don't want non-serious people to do it. If you don't have time in your life, if you feel like it now it's not the right time, which I don't know why people would feel that way and perhaps don't get the course because it is packed. It's packed with information and it will take a little bit of time to go through it, but it's going to be worth it. Guys, I will have links for his website, for all of his connections down below. 
and for this free gift. Thank you for that, for my audience. That's amazing. Now, is the website the best place for people to connect to you? Or also YouTube. I'm releasing most of these snippets. So if people are interested in testosterone optimization uh, videos, then go to my YouTube because I'm more active there than my website. My website, I release an article once a week. But my website is definitely an archive. You can go in there and search whatever you want to search, like relaxed estrogen, testosterone, DHT. Okay. All of those are there. I've already written big articles on that. And then I'm kind of like releasing every other day videos on my YouTube. So that's where I'm kind of like most consistent. But I think website, YouTube, that's going to be the best places. All right. Website. And I'll be sure and have links for all that. What is next for Hans Mata? Next is to automate the business more and to have more fun in life. I want to, <laughs> I want to live my stuntman <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> I want to remove myself in a way from the business. And what I mean by that is that you talked about being busy versus mm -hmm. productive. <laughs> and I wanted to elaborate a little bit more on that is that we feel so the need to be busy because then we feel like we're at least doing something, moving in the right direction. But because we are so busy, we might be missing what's really important to be productive. And it feels, and I know a lot of people feel the same way, impossible to take a day off mm. other than the weekend. And even most people can't take the weekends off. So for me, I just feel like if you can take days off, you will do more and better work in the days that you do work. And in the days that you do take off, you're not going to be bumming on the couch. Obviously, it's going to be going out and living that fun life and then just showing people this is what's possible. Being an example, that's what you mentioned. If it's funny enough, there's an, a guy on Instagram that is kind of like just starting up, also creating content on testosterone optimization, but he's not showing himself. He's just sharing this information. And for me, it's, well, what's the point of sharing information if you don't know how the person is applying it? If you're not the example of what you're doing, you got to be the example of what you do. And that's what I kind of want to help people with is I want to be more of an example, if possible. Like, have that fun life. I want to inspire people, inspire them to do the same. Have fun. Absolutely. Guys, we have dropped so much information, okay? Re-listen to the podcast. Get Hans's free book, okay? That will help you be next steps. I love the fact that he's giving you next steps from here where you can go. That is amazingly journalist. So thank you for that. Guys, check it out. Hit over to the Men Elite podcast, guys. See what he's got going on over there. Listen to what he has to say. I bring you experts who live the life they talk about because I want you guys to have good examples, like you were just saying, Hans, to look at and so you can make the most out of your life and reach the life that you want to because I believe every man should live up to his full potential at least once in his life just to see what he's capable of. Hans, thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.